This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Luke 4, 14-21. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everybody, everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up on the Sabbath day. He went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found a place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Thank you, Kurt. Appreciate that. Hey, the last several weeks we have been talking about the mission focus of our church, and that is bringing Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. And as Jesus in Luke chapter 4 goes to the synagogue in his hometown, he enrolls the scroll. He reads this passage, which comes from Isaiah chapter 61. Now, this is a messianic passage um, through the prophet Isaiah. That passage speaks of the work of the Messiah, the one who will come and establish a kingdom that he will rule and reign forever. And it will be a kingdom where the hopes of the people are realized where there is healing, where there is wholeness. And of course, as Jesus Jesus rolled up the scroll and He announced to everyone, today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. And make no mistake about it, Jesus is saying very clearly, I am the One that this passage predicted so long ago. I am here. And as Jesus went out into the countryside, we hear about the works of healing and bringing wholeness into people's lives. And and all those things were to be evidences because that was what was expected. That's what was anticipated. When the Messiah comes and the kingdom is established, There will be healing. There will be wholeness. Brokenness. Things that aren't right. Things that have been impacted in the the old order. the, The fallenness of the world in which we live in. God is going to restore. And so Jesus is making that very clear. And as we think about the message of Jesus, we think about our identity with Him. Uh, The church is Christ's body. And Jesus 
has entrusted to each of us his message and his mission of the gospel of the kingdom, that, that we as his followers understand his rule and reign as king in our lives. By faith, we have received him through the grace of God into our hearts and our lives. He is our king. And spiritually speaking, he has established his kingdom in our hearts and in our lives. And yet, Jesus now wants us to move forward and continue His work of the gospel of the kingdom in the world in which we live. That we have full participation in that kingdom. And as we proclaim the good news of the kingdom, our lives and how we live morally, ethically, how we relate to one another, how we relate to the world around us, Uh, how we seek to bring the values of the kingdom uh, to those that we touch, it demonstrates the reality of that kingdom and invites people to join with us as we are Christ's subjects, as we participate in His rule and in His reign. And we get a taste of it right now. But it will be fully manifested when He comes at His second advent. Okay? At His second coming. And believe me, the King is coming. But between then and now, He calls us to do the work of the Kingdom. So, with that in mind, I want to talk to you about a survey that was done recently. There were a thousand Christians who were asked why the church exists. So I'm going to ask you that question. Why does the church exist? The church being Christ's body. right? You and me, as those who are united in a common faith in Jesus Christ, uh, who through His work on the cross have received forgiveness of our sins, right? have been reconciled to God. We as His church the means to which He expresses Himself to the world today. Why do we exist? Well, do you know that 89% of respondents said this? The church exists today to take care of my needs and the needs of my family. 89% Only 11% responded to reach those who don't know Jesus. To continue the work of Jesus in the world. To announce that the King has come and to let people know they are invited into His kingdom. Only 11%. Now, yes, God through His church does meet our needs. He does meet the needs of our family. But is that the main emphasis and work of the church? It's like this. I went to the theater the other night. And as I I went in, I purchased my ticket, went in and looked at the line at the concession stand. And I mean, it, it was huge lines. Every cash register is a huge line of people. 
And I looked at my watch, and, and, and the movies were starting soon. And yet here are all these people at the concession stand. It was as if they had gotten a ticket to get into the theater, and the whole purpose of their being there was to enjoy all the concessions. They had forgotten that the real reason they were there is to see the movie. Okay? So, so let me kind of give you the illustration here. Imagine, if you will, that uh, we see the marquee all right, at the theater, and it says, now playing the kingdom of God. And you find out that Jesus has purchased your ticket. And you go to the box office, it's will call. Here you are, the price has been paid. Jesus Christ with His, his death and resurrection, uh, His shed blood on the cross has, has paid for your entrance into the kingdom. And you say, gee, that's great. You put your wallet away. You go into the, to the theater. And there's the concessions. And you look around you. And the lobby of the theater is filled with people. And man, they are munching on the popcorn. They're enjoying the beverages. Right? The Sour Patch Kids. The Goobers. The M&M's. The Licorice. And man, they are just talking and enjoying. And they're having a great time. But they never leave the lobby and go into the theater. Can you imagine that? And yet for many of us as followers of Jesus, that really illustrates how we live. We've come to faith in Jesus Christ. We've been saved by grace through faith. We have responded to the gospel of the kingdom. We acknowledge that Jesus Christ is our King and that He rules and reigns in our life. And we have entrance in, if you will, to the theater. But then we stop at the concession stand. And that's all the goodies for me and my family. It's all the good stuff that I enjoy. But we never walk through the doors into the theater. And when we do, much to our surprise, we find out that our invitation to the theater isn't just to sit and watch. It's we have a role. We're, we're a part of what's playing there. We are a part of the work of the kingdom. Missiologist and pastor David Platt says it this way. The mission of the church is much more than meeting the needs of Christians, much more than simply evangelism. The mission of the church is to be Jesus, to represent Christ, to image Him to a world looking for saviors, to show Him in all we do, in all we are, to show them the King and point them towards the kingdom. That's the mission of the church. Our mission isn't one of consumption. Our mission isn't one of, of, of solely having Christ meet all our needs and the needs of our family, although that's a part of it. But we don't stop there. 
Because as we experience the work of Christ in our life, His sovereign rule and reign, as, as, as we know what it is to, to live in the hope that He offers to, to come as broken people and begin to experience His healing in our lives. As He transforms us through the, the work of His Holy Spirit, you know, incidentally, what does Jesus say when he, he reads the scroll? He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Do you know that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you and me too? That He's filled us with His Holy Spirit? Why? To do His work. To do His work. Look in John 20. 21. Jesus says to His disciples, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent Me, so I am sending you. And then later on in Acts 1.8, Jesus, before His ascension, speaking with His disciples says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will enjoy all the good stuff of the kingdom and your needs and needs of your family will be met. Amen. Is that what He says? No, He says, and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And you and I will be His witnesses in Eagle River, in Anchorage, in Alaska, and to all the ends of the earth globally. We will be His witnesses in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces, in the hockey arena, on the soccer field, wherever we go, filled with His Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. And He is sending us to share with others the hope and the healing and His work of wholeness in your life, in my life. And as we move out from this place, having enjoyed the goodies together, we enter in to the arena, if you will, to fully participate. And you know, that, that, is, that is what it means to experience wholeness. I don't believe we're truly whole as followers of Jesus and until we, you and me, are wholly engaged in that which He has saved us to do. To be a part of His work. Sam, can you pull up that quote? I had it earlier, but I went over it. Here it is. As I was thinking about this, this is the thought that came to my mind that, that we are called as a whole people Whole, not only in terms of our unity as those who acknowledge the sovereign reign and rule of God through Jesus Christ in our life, right? Subjects of His kingdom, but also whole people as those whom are being transformed. That we know that we are being made into what? A new creation. That the old is passing away. All things are becoming new. That's true in our lives through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in which God and His Holy Spirit is conforming us more and more and more so that we reflect the very image of our King. Okay? 
and that we are called to be whole people who are wholeheartedly engaged in the whole mission of Jesus. Not just the gospel of personal salvation. Not just what's in it for me. Thank you, Jesus. Man, the world's going to hell, isn't it? That's not to be our attitude. Okay? That we as a whole people are wholeheartedly engaged in the whole mission of Jesus. Jesus came to advance God's kingdom. And God has called us to be a part of His kingdom work. Just as God sent Jesus, Jesus sends us. Jesus came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. He came to invite people into His kingdom. He came to lay out what life looks like in God's kingdom, and we are called to do the same thing. Our mission in ministry is all about that. We're to preach the gospel of the kingdom be the presence of the kingdom, and be a foretaste of what is to come. Right? That we'll fully realize at Jesus' second coming. That's what we're to be about. And when Jesus comes again, and His rule and reign is not only spiritually, but physically in every way established, when the old order has passed away and the new order has come, Right? What will it look like? Well, there are a lot of ways to describe it, but there there are four that I thought of that are primary expressions of the kingdom. They give us a glimpse of what it will look like. One is justice. Justice. The king is a just king, and his reign will be just. And that extends to every aspect of the world. Reconciliation to God, to one another, to creation. Reconciliation. Beauty. When the kingdom comes in its fullness and we experience it, it's a kingdom of beauty. You see, everything that was distorted by the fall, by the presence of sin, He will redeem that. He will restore that. And and we will see beauty as we've never seen before. And our ability to to acknowledge and to see God's beauty will no longer be shrouded through, through the veil that we experience it today. That we'll have a new capacity. And then there's wholeness. We speak of wholeness. Well, that wholeness is physical wholeness. It is emotional wholeness. It's relational wholeness. Everything that's been distorted from the presence of sin, that distortion will be gone. The kingdom's going to be a beautiful thing. See, what does a kingdom look like in your neighborhood? What does a kingdom look like in your municipality? What does the kingdom look like in your state? In other words, in what ways as subjects of that kingdom can we bring in a tangible way expressions of the kingdom so that people can get a glimpse of it and see it as we work for things like justice and and reconciliation and wholeness. 
in the name of Jesus the King and invite people into full participation. You see, our mission involves both announcement and demonstration. You can see that there, that we are to announce the universal reign of God in Jesus Christ. But we're also to what? Demonstrate in our lives, in how we live, in our, in our interaction, in society. We're to demonstrate the universal reign of God in Jesus Christ. Diedrich Bonhoeffer said it this way. The church is the church only when it exists for others. Not dominating, but in the spirit of Luke chapter 4, the verses we read. Helping and serving. It must tell men of every calling what it means to live for Christ and to exist for others. And so this morning, as we come to the Lord's table, we are reminded that our King is not a self-serving King. Our King was sent from God to you and to me that we might have hope that we might experience healing, that we might be a whole people. And we see a beautiful picture in the life, in the mission, in the message of Jesus. Of what it is He's calling us to fully participate in. He's not calling us to stop at the concession stand. He's calling us to enter in. Not to be spectators, but to be full participants of the work of His kingdom. The Last Supper, before Jesus was to go to the cross, He he took bread and He broke it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Whenever you eat this, eat this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. As often as you drink this, drink this cup in remembrance of me. So that whenever we take the cup and we eat the bread, we proclaim that our King has come. until He comes again. But between now and then, He invites you and me 
to continue His work in the world. It's not all about us. It's all about Jesus. Wow. This is an open table. What it means is this. You're all invited to come. Whether or not you're a member of this church or uh, you uh, go to a covenant church, all we ask is that you come acknowledging that Jesus is King. Acknowledging His rule and reign in your life. This table is for all of His subjects and those who want to be. Let's pray. Father, we thank You today that You have not only saved us, but You have sent us. That yes, we benefit personally and our families benefit personally from all the good things that You bring into our life. The hope, the healing, the wholeness. Father, that work is ongoing and we declare that You who began a good work in us are going to bring it to completion. And we will fully realize that the day of Christ's return. But until then, Father, You've also sent us into the world to proclaim that You are King and to invite others to come into Your kingdom. Father, as we come to the table today, might we remember when you first invited us to come. And might we renew ourselves and commit ourselves in a new way, individually and as a church, to bringing your hope, your healing and wholeness to our community and to our world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you're ready, come forward. Uh, Go ahead and Uh, eat the cracker, and just hold on to the cup, and we'll take that together. So please come as you're ready.